Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say ebay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it maybe it's a head-turning handbag a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you feel like the gem or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly when it comes to style and luxury ebay gets it they're making sure the things you love are checked by experts and not just any experts specialized experts real people who love this stuff with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. And this week on the BOF podcast, we have a special talk from Voices 2018. Last year, I had the pleasure of hearing Vishan Chakrabarti speak on the main stage at TED in Vancouver. I tracked him down because I thought his talk would really resonate with our community. Vishan is the founder of The Practice for Architecture and Urbanism, a New York-based architecture firm. His book, A Country of Cities, argues that a well-designed urban world would result in more prosperity, sustainability, equity, and joy. Vishan and his team are designing distinctive architecture projects that reflect and rethink global urban life in the 21st century. Here's Vishan Chakrabarti at Voices 2018. Shiv, in his extraordinary talk, mentioned the global diaspora from India. I'm, I'm one of those people. My parents came to the United States in 1968 after President Johnson liberalized uh, the U.S.'s immigration laws. And my parents came with $32, and they came from one of my favorite cities in the world, Calcutta, to Tucson, Arizona, where my father famously quipped, and they call us a developing country. Um, uh, Tucson's now a lovely place, but when you grow up like that, you learn very quickly, and I'm, I'm betting many of you can relate to this. Uh, when you grow up like that, you learn very quickly that neither the United States nor India really accepts you. You're not really at home in either place. 
And for a while, you think that is a negative. But then you start to realize that, you know, being one of those, I don't know, what, what do they call us now, godless globalists, um, being one of those people that maybe doesn't think about countries so much, but thinks about the planet and thinks of a slightly different scale of the city. So let's start with the planet. Uh, we have 7 billion people on the planet today. Uh, it's estimated that by, by the end of this century, we'll be at 10 billion, that it's going to level out, that growth is leveling out. Why is growth leveling out? Because as people around the world enter the middle class, birth rates decline. Uh, and you've all seen this. For those of you working in this industry, this entire morning has been about watching countries like China and India and Brazil and so forth enter the middle class. Some 2 billion have entered the middle class over the last um, couple of decades. And what we do know is this, is that by the time we get to 10 billion, the majority of those people, the vast majority of those people, will live in cities. So the question is, uh, you know, there are lots of questions about this. Will those cities be equitable? Will they be ecologically friendly? Will they be uh, prosperous? And so, you know, those are all very important, I would say, kind of policy questions. But I would have another overlay on that, which is the spiritual question. Are these cities going to be beautiful? And I don't mean the shallow sense of beauty. I mean the kind of inner beauty, the cultural beauty that's oxygen for the soul. Um, and I think we have a big challenge in front of us because this is what we're building. Um, this is Gurgaon, a satellite city outside of New Delhi, a city of about a million people. Uh, it's an extraordinarily treacherous place to even cross the street. Um, this is uh, Ordos, which is a city uh, in Inner Mongolia, which is actually part of China, um, that was built from scratch, meant to house millions of people. This is New Songdo outside of Seoul uh, in Korea. I would argue that it is soul crushing. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to pick on Asia here. This is based, after all, on the Phoenix Las Vegas model, right, of building cities. Everything built around the car, uh, everything built that actually disrupts kind of our sense of community. And when you look at this photograph and you think about 10 billion people on the planet, is this the way we want our grandchildren and their grandchildren to live? And so I think to answer a question like that, we need to explore a bit to go into the past. And I don't mean to be nostalgic, but I think sometimes in order to look forward, we have to look backwards sometimes. So, you know, you can think about the famous cities in the world, Rome's Spanish steppes, the historic neighborhoods of Paris or of Shanghai, um, the rolling hills of Central Park, the uh, tight-knit streets of Tokyo or Fez, um, and you understand that the world that we built before the automobile was a really lovely world. And, you know, the, and, and whether you're talking about rich communities or poor communities, these famous kind of wildly sloping streets uh, of the favelas of Rio, or even going back further into history in the ancient steppe wells of India. And, you know, even the, you know, if you think about the most touristed spots in the world, those arch pedestrian bridges of Venice. Uh, and then even modern architectural examples. The Sydney Opera House is one of my favorite buildings in the world, and it really was about kind of the birth of a new nation. Uh, and so this is the way, you know, architecture can speak to us in cities, of how it enriches our souls. Um, and that's not just about architecture, but about public space. The way the Pompidou isn't just about the building, but the plaza in front of the building and the kind of 
uh, world that generates, the way it mixes old and new. Um, I was deeply involved with Mayor Bloomberg on the Highline project and the master planning for it, which is an elevated, it's an old rail viaduct that was converted into a park. And when we were doing the planning for it, people said we were crazy. They said no one would go up there. People would get raped and killed up there. Last year, it had six and a half million visitors, more than the Statue of Liberty. Um, and in that, in that, there's a grain of, uh, of something that we can learn which is this way in which it mixes old and new. Now, those are the exceptions, unfortunately. This is what we're building around the world. This is six downtowns from uh, six different continents. Um, I know you can't see the lower row. It kind of doesn't matter. It looks just like the upper row. Um, or you can look at uh, where really much of the growth is occurring, uh, six suburbs uh, in six continents around the world. And everywhere I go, I see this. And... If you live in a suburb, I'm sorry, but I'm about to say this anyway, I see it as a kind of tumor on the planet. Uh, because if all of the world, as billions of people go into the middle class, want big cars and big houses, the earth cannot support that strain on its resources. Um, and so we know a couple of things. You know, when we talk about sustainability, um, there's all of, you know, the clear answer to sustainability is to buy more stuff, Right. So if you have a house, you put solar panels on it and windmills, it doesn't do anything, right? What we do know is that when people live in denser urban circumstances, when people take mass transit and live in apartments, that they actually have a far lower carbon footprint per person than their suburban counterpart. We know this, and, and that's really without doing very much of anything in terms of buying what you, do, you need. It just means a different way of living and a more communal way of living that's as pertinent in small villages as it is in big cities. And so if we're going to attract people to cities, I would argue they have to be great. This is my life. I've lived near Union Square most of my adult life. Uh, our home is there. My daughter's school is there. Our studio is there. I have a seven-minute walk to work. It's in a wonderful, wonderful way to live if you can afford to live that way, which is one of the big challenges that we need to confront. And the reason that's so important is because today, every day, 200,000 people are moving into a city somewhere. 200,000 people, mainly in the global south, mainly people seeking opportunity. And the question is, what kind of environment are they going to find? Obviously, the opportunity question is first and foremost on their mind. Will they find prosperity? But also, will they find beauty? Will they find things that enrich their lives, make their lives and their families' lives better? Um, and so, again, to look to the past a little bit and how we built density. So after the turn of the last century, after the Industrial Revolution, there were a couple of major advancements in terms of creating cities. Uh, we invented structural steel. Otis invented the elevator. And you saw this building type. This was taken in Rome, but it should look familiar to many of you. You can find this as the core of buildings from Italy to Israel to India. It doesn't matter. Where, you know, you had this lovely little, you know, elevator in a cage, a staircase that wrapped around it, light coming through. It organized maybe about 30 apartments. You mainly took the stairs. You met your neighbors on those stairs. It was a communal way of living. Now, I don't have the time to go into why much of that is illegal today. Um, 
because uh, of building codes. But what I will tell you is building codes and fire safety and all very well-intended regulations have left us with this, have meant that you have to build more fire stairs and elevators and so forth, and then you have to connect all of that up with these long anonymous corridors that do not create community. And when developers have to build all of that, all of that additional space that they can't rent or sell, what it results in is the thud, the same dull thud of the same apartment building being built all over the world. Six continents. And what I worry about is that as we're doing this, and this is, you know, the part, part of the, this is a very decentralized form of decision-making, right? And so it's just happening across the planet. And we are carpeting our planet with a homogeneity that deeply, deeply concerns me, not just because of its tremendous environmental impact, but also because of its cultural impact. What does it mean to us in the world when we don't know where we live anymore? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. It's advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, 
Stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So to start unpacking that question, I have learned a lot from, of all places, um, Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, um, which, uh, as Imran mentioned in his introduction, we're doing a project there. Um, this is the coldest capital in the world. About a million and a half people live here, about half the population of Mongolia. Uh, and um, I often tell my team that design is an act of writing, And if you think of design as writing, that in order to write, you have to read. It was lovely to arrive here and get a big stack of books in our gift bag, because all designers know this. You can't just generate things from scratch. You have to sort of learn before you can do. Um, and so this was a question of reading and writing and understanding Mongolian culture. Now, it's a long story that I can't go into, but our client here is the National Amusement Park of Mongolia. Um, uh, and um, they said, they came to us and they said, we have, you know, we have this amusement park in the heart of our city, and we have this 12-acre piece of land right next to it, pretty big piece of land, about the size almost of the World Trade Center site. Um, and people have proposed, proposed things like shopping malls. Now, shopping mall folks, please close your ears. Um, and and what, they said, what they said to me is... Um, You know, we're Mongolians, and our culture is one of a kind of rural nomadic culture. And the one thing we really hate is anything that tries to control us through space, right? And that's exactly what a shopping mall does. Now, if you're an architect, this is kind of music to your ears, right? Um, and so I sent him a letter. I sent them a letter, and I drew this uh, version of this sketch. And I said, we very much respect your um, rural nomadic traditions, But there are also urban nomadic traditions. There is, the French have this idea, the flaneur, uh, the notion that you can get lost in the city and in the process of that loss, find yourself again. And so we said, well, why don't we just take that idea of shopping and turn it inside out, where it's not a process of always being controlled, but actually a process of autonomy, where you move, you meander through a set of buildings and find, go where you want to go, shop the way you want to shop, do what you want to do. And so this evidently got us the job, um, and we pursued this path of all of these different buildings as opposed to one big building. Now, for those of you who build things, that can be expensive. And so we look back, that picture I showed you from Rome of that staircase, we, started to we looked at the International Building Code, and it actually turns out that in the International Building Code, which we follow, you can build about a three- or four-story building around one staircase as long as the lower levels are accessible to people in wheelchairs. Um, and it means that using that as a module, you can think about different construction techniques, you can shape-shift that module. And what that research allowed us to do is then develop a taxonomy of buildings, a catalog of buildings for this site, all using local materials. And local materials are incredibly important in terms of sustainability, but also, again, in terms of cultural identity. Um, and so it's everything, it's all local retail, and then some international brands, and then above, some office space, um, a department store, some co-living spaces, some studio apartments, uh, an observatory, which of course does have an elevator, the, the National Folk Theater of Mongolia, and I love this, 
the playground and haunted house because I'm never going to get to design a haunted house again. Um, and so we were able to develop this and develop this site plan that to me kind of looks like a box of candy, but the whole idea is, so that's the National Amusement Park. And so you meander through that space with the folk theater in the middle, and the shape of the buildings is all inspired by this extraordinary mountain range around it, the color from the light of the Mongolian sky, which is just spectacular in its light. Uh, and there are a lot of colorful buildings in that town. And so the whole idea is that yes, this would be contemporary, it would be new, but it also would hopefully help ground and remind people of their own native culture. And so, you know, this is an interesting place, and I think this is just a stone's throw from China by plane, a very, very different way of thinking about building, maybe, than what's happening in a lot of other emerging markets. So, you know, um, what is really critical about that, though, is not the architecture, but the space in between the architecture, which is always about creating a space for walking, right? For being with people by bicycle, getting people out of their cars. Another example of this is Domino. Uh, so, you know, maybe if China and India are, are still considered emerging markets, let's throw Brooklyn in there as well. Um, so this is on the Brooklyn waterfront. This is an old sugar refinery, and we've been working on this site for some time. Millions of square feet is getting built here, including a six-and-a-half-acre park. Um, and our client called us and said, so this is a landmark. It's a heritage building. And they said, how can we insert about a 400,000 square foot, about a 40,000 square meter office building inside of this sugar refinery and bring light in because the windows are very small and the windows are protected in their size. So I drew this sketch of like dropping a new building in an old building and using the gap to bring in light. Um, and so this was the inside of the old building. Um, if you ever take a tour through a sugar refinery, you'll never eat refined sugar again. It's disgusting. Uh, those vats were filled with lamb char. That's what filters the sugar cane. But the gap, you'll notice, between the equipment and the, uh, uh, the outside wall there, that was our inspiration for saying, well, for that new office building, uh, which is sitting right there, that in that gap, you're inside of the old building. So it's going to snow and rain in that space, and you're going to have a very fundamental different, uh, fundamentally different idea of what it means to be working in the future that's also connected to the past. Um, and very importantly, that the ground floor of the building is extremely porous, relates to the six-and-a-half-acre park that's being built around it, again, with this idea of energizing walkers and bicyclists and so forth. Uh, and then this big arch form that's supposed to be picking up on the arched uh, kind of windows of the existing building. I'm just going to close, though, with a comment about that, because 10 years ago, it was unthinkable that we would be building an office building in Brooklyn. Uh, work was supposed to be in the center of town. What technology has done is it's com completely changed the geography of how we think about cities, where we are going further and further away from that downtown that Don Draper used to commute into every day, and instead thinking about a much more spread out kind of city, still within the city bounds, where you can maybe, in each of these nodes, Find 80% of what you need, where you work, where you get vegetables, where you drop your kid off for school, and then maybe occasionally go into the center of town for the opera or for the museum or to go to another park. Um, and what that means is a different kind of mobility. And what I really wanted to close on with this is we've spoken a lot about technology at this conference. Um, so... For a lot of technologists, if you think about that was an amazing explanation of blockchain, I think I finally get about 1% of it. But when you think about technologists, what technologists try to do is they, they try to smooth out friction. 
right? Friction is kind of the enemy. You're trying to make, you know, transactions happen more easily. What we do in design of, in the design of cities is actually we're trying to promote a certain kind of friction. We're trying to promote the social friction of people from different races and classes and genders being in the same space together eyeball to eyeball. And what the car fundamentally did, if you think about those pictures I showed you about those cities from, from, that we've been building, is it segregated us into these tin bubbles. And I don't care if they're autonomous cars, I don't care if they're Uber, I don't care what kind of cars they are. They still fundamentally have that issue. The one thing about autonomous vehicles I am excited about is if they live up to the promise of not killing people, right? That means that we can design streets differently. So what you're looking at in this image, and I think Benedict mentioned some of these new kinds of uh, vehicles that are being developed right now, is the idea of a, a, a car or a small minibus being able to cohabitate with us on a street, which means we can design streets differently. We don't need those curbs that are protecting us from human drivers, and we can come back to a more humane street. And that's what, I don't think the future is about Jetson's backpacks. I think the future is about how do we channel technology to make a more humane world. I, I don't have time to go into it, but if we could reinvent the wheelchair, we could build the arch bridges of Venice again. Right? And so how can technology help us to do that and create this more shared, more friction-filled world? And I know I'm not alone in that vision because we saw it in Wakanda, one of the great kind of visions of a utopian place. And so that gives me hope. That makes me think that the people who are actually thinking about the future are thinking about a shared collective vision, a sustainable vision, a different vision for our world. And what that really means is that we all have an obligation to look at the world around us and think that instead of this, that we can start building great cities that are equitable, that are ecological, that are so attractive that they keep people from building sprawl so we can protect nature and let nature be late. Nature, if you love nature, don't live in it. And that we can hit all those policy goals, but we can also hit, hit the deep cultural goal of, of actually being true to ourselves and our identities and, and have joyful lives. And then and only then do I think we'll be successful. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this conversation, you might also be interested in joining BOF's global membership community, BOF Professional. Our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis in our Daily Digest email, as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles, our new iPhone app, special print issues, and all of our online courses and learning materials from BOF Education. For a limited time only, we are offering our podcast listeners an exclusive 25% discount on your first year of an annual BOF Professional Membership. To get this special offer, click on the link in the episode notes, select the annual package, and enter the special code PODCAST2019 at checkout. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please leave us a rating if you did, and don't forget to share it with your friends. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person, too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. 
Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.